The Law School of America. Defenses. In a conversion suit, it is no defense to claim that the defendant was not negligent or that the defendant acquired the plaintiff's property through the plaintiff's unilateral mistake, or that the defendant acted in complete innocence and perfect good faith. The following are traditional defenses to an action in conversion. Abandonment. Abandonment of the property before it was taken by the defendant is a complete defense. Authority of law. A conversion cannot occur if it is done by authority of law, a court order or valid process. Consent or approbation. Consent by the plaintiff can be either express or implied. Delay in bringing action. Statutes of limitations are defined by legislative jurisdiction. Some cases are based on reasonable knowledge. Paintings purchased from a third person became the subject of an action in conversion, even though the incident had occurred 30 years prior. The action accrued based on when the plaintiff reasonably knew or should have known the identity of the possessor of the converted paintings. See also the doctrine of laches. Fraud of the plaintiff. Conveying property to a third person for purposes of evading creditors is a complete defense to a subsequent action in conversion. Interest of defendant. If the defendant has ownership or partial ownership to the property, it cannot be converted. Cases revolve around the specific facts concerning ownership. Value of property. A provisional defense can be made if the property converted has no value. Nevertheless, it is well established that it is not necessary for property to have a commercial value in order to maintain an action in conversion. This argument can be used to mitigate damages. Writings. A bill or debt obligation can be converted. However, if it has been paid or otherwise satisfied, then it has neither value nor existence in the eyes of the court. Non-existence or lack of identity of property. Something that was not in existence at the time of the alleged conversion cannot be converted. Privilege. Finders of lost property may be entitled to use or ownership if the real owner cannot be identified. This is an overlap into the rules of Trover. Unlawful and illegal acts. Unlawful contracts, illegal ownership and illegal activities on the part of the plaintiff can be a defense to an action in conversion. A counterfeit coin cannot be converted, nor can a note issued in an illegal manner. Waiver, ratification and estoppel. An action in conversion can be dismissed if the right to treat the action has been waived by the plaintiff. By receipt of proceeds of a sale. Accepting the proceeds of a sale of the converted property is a defense against further action. By accepting return of goods. Once the owner accepts the converted property back, he or she is generally precluded from any further action. Damages. In general. The remedy for conversion is usually in the form of damages equal to the fair market value of the chattel at the time of conversion. The converter can offer to return possession of the chattel to the complainant, but the complainant is not obligated to accept. If the complainant wants the chattel returned without any additional monetary damages, they can claim a related tort, debt new. One may use force in order to recover a chattel only if the wrongdoer is either in the process of taking the chattel or the owner of the chattel is in hot pursuit of the chattel. This is because a victim of conversion should use the legal remedies available as opposed to self-help or violence. Deadly force may never be used in the recovery of chattels. The exact measure of compensation due to a plaintiff whose goods have been wrongfully converted may be merely nominal if the wrong is technical and the defendant can return the goods, it may be limited to the actual damage where the goods can be returned, but the wrong is substantial, but in ordinary cases it is the full value to the owner of the goods of which he has been deprived. Special damages. When the conversion occurs, the injured party should receive full compensation for actual losses. Special damages may be recovered in an action for conversion for any injury proximately resulting from the conversion. The restatement, second, of torts indicates these damages can consist of the additional value of a chattel due to additions or improvements made by the converter not in good faith. 
the amount of any further pecuniary loss of which the deprivation has been a legal cause. Interest from the time at which the value was fixed. Compensation for the loss of use not otherwise compensated. It is a generally recognized rule that interest lost from the conversion is recoverable. Loss of rental value can be considered as interest. Mitigation. The defendant is allowed to show the existence of facts which would make it unjust to allow the plaintiff to recover full value. Ordinarily, the defendant is not allowed to deduct maintenance and upkeep expenses which would normally accrue taking care of the converted property. Return of the property with acceptance by the owner can dismiss the action or be used as a mitigating fact. However, the mere offering of the converted property does not necessarily dismiss all damages which may have occurred based on the original tort. Action under legal process can be a complete defense and can mitigate damages. Measure for converting particular kinds of property. There are certain cases which require special calculation of damages. Commodities. Stock certificates or bonds which have increased in value after conversion. Recovery is permitted for the increased value. This rule can be applied to other kinds of property, such as cotton and corn. Business enterprise. The proper measure of damages for a business enterprise is the value at the time of the conversion. Commercial paper. Damages are generally the value at the time of conversion plus accrued interest. Insurance policies. Similar to other shows of action. Damages based on value at the time of conversion, less the value of premiums to be paid after the conversion, and value based on life expectancy. Corporate stock. Damages based on market value, lost dividends and accrual or loss of value, considering lost chance to sell stock at a profit. Property severed from real estate. Damages measured based on market value and interest. Property of no market value or held for personal use. Items such as personal mementos, writings, personal diaries, plans, portraits, photographs, memoirs, and the like, which have no intrinsic market value pose a difficulty. Usually the court will try to develop a method to arrive at a reasonable value for such an item. Results vary based on the facts of the case. Practice and procedure in the United States. In general. The first question in an action for conversion is that of venue and jurisdiction. Mere questions of ownership within partnerships and some contract laws do not arise to the level required for an action in conversion. These are matters best settled in a suit in equity with a determination of equity on the case. A true conversion is strictly a legal case. In general, relief through an action in conversion can proceed, even if other potential remedies have not been exhausted. However, once the action in conversion is commenced, the plaintiff may be precluded from seeking concurrent remedies. Other concurrent remedies typically are action to recover possession which may include trover, debt new and replevin, which are now statutorily defined and vary between jurisdictions. Assumpsit. Criminal proceedings. Joinder of parties can usually be allowed. Successive converters need not be named in an action in conversion. Pleading by plaintiff. The fact sufficient to constitute a cause of action for conversion must be set forth in the complaint or declaration, so as to show that the plaintiff has a right to maintain an action. The typical pleading should include Jurisdictional facts. Identification of the defendant. Diversity of citizenship and amount in controversy, required for entry into federal court. Proof of title or right of possession of the property. Description of the property. Value of the property. Facts constituting the alleged conversion by the defendant. Demand and refusal for a return of the property from the defendant. Damages sustained by the plaintiff. Answer of defendant. In general, the defendant should answer the charge of conversion by asserting. Matters intending to prove the establishment of the defendant's affirmative defenses. Plaintiff's consent to the defendant's taking, if it exists, can be proved or inferred by circumstantial evidence. 
Defendant's rights to the property are superior to those of the plaintiff. Plaintiff had waived the right to the property or to a subsequent cause of action. Plaintiff was a stop from asserting any right to the property as against the defendant. The property was abandoned. Alleging mistake, or other mitigating circumstance, assertion that the plaintiff has not tried to facilitate the defendant's attempts to resolve the issue or mitigate damages. Evidence. Rules of evidence are no different in an action for conversion than any other tort case. The burden is on the plaintiff to establish the case. The following areas are generally necessary to be established. Plaintiff's interest in the property. Identity of the property. Value of the property. Identification of the defendant. The defendant exercised dominion over the property. The defendant's exercise of dominion was intentionally committed. These are established through testimony and documentary evidence. Verdict and judgment. An action in conversion is for the monetary value of the property and not the property itself. A judgment which requires either monetary damages or return of the property is not, per se, erroneous. A verdict demanding only the return of property is reversible error. It is within the discretion of the trier of fact to determine actual value, which may be different from that of market value, testimony, or documentary evidence. A judgment is for the title and ownership of the property at the time of the conversion, and does not necessarily affect subsequent transactions which may have occurred. Conversion and crime. Conversion is an interference with another's ownership of property. It is a general intent tort, not a specific intent tort. That means that the intent to take or otherwise deal with the property is enough to support the claim, and it doesn't matter whether the defendant knew that the act would constitute interference with the property of another. Therefore, the defendant's innocent reasons for the act cannot be used as an excuse. It does not matter if the defendant made a mistake. The standard remedy for conversion is a judgment for damages in an amount equal to the fair market value of the property. Punitive damages are also possible because conversion is an intentional tort. The standard remedy in a detinue action is an order that the property be returned. The standard remedy in an action for trespass to chattels is a judgment for an amount equal to the value of loss of use of the property. Damages from a trespass claim are based on the harm caused to the plaintiff, rather than the value of the chattel. Many actions can constitute both conversion and trespass. In these cases, a plaintiff must eventually choose which claim to press based on what damages they seek to recover. It is the difference between forcing a rental fee and a total sale upon a defendant. In some cases the exercise of the dominion may amount to an act of trespass or to a crime, for example, where the taking amounts to larceny, or fraudulent appropriation by a bailey or agent entrusted with the property of another, larceny acts of 1861 and 1901. Fraudulent conversion by any person to his own use, or that of persons other than the owner, of property entrusted to him is a crime in the case of custodians of property, factors, trustees under express trusts in writing. The Law School of America the content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons Attribution, Share Alike License. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America